0: Today, listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, fam, I'm Simone Boyce. I'm Danielle Robay. And we're the hosts of The Bright Side, the podcast from Hell of Sunshine that's
1: guaranteed to light up your day. Like our recent episode with sisters Regina and Raina King about the why behind their production company, Royal Ties. We have such a huge love for storytelling
0: without walls, without barriers. Listen to The Bright Side from Hello Sunshine
1: on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: It's Thursday, May 6th. I'm Oscar Ramirez from the Daily Dive podcast in Los Angeles, and this is Reopening America. Drug makers and labs are already working on the next generation of COVID vaccines, and they could come in the form of a pill or nasal spray. Researchers also hope to eventually work on a universal vaccine to provide protection against all types of coronaviruses. Gregory Zuckerman, special writer at The Wall Street Journal, joins us for the next generation of COVID-19 vaccines. Thanks for joining us, Gregory.
3: Oh, great to be here.
2: It's nice to think that we're so far along in the pandemic and we have these vaccines and some effective treatments that we can start thinking about the next generation of COVID vaccines. Drug makers, government labs, they're working to develop easier to take doses, easier to transport doses as well. And we're looking, uh, you know, other shots, most likely, yes, but we're also looking at pills and maybe even nasal sprays. So Gregory, tell us a little bit more about what we're seeing for these next generation of COVID vaccines.
3: So the thing to remember is the ones that are out there right now are quite effective. Um, yeah, exactly. One can even wonder, there's an argument or there's a question as to why we need more. But there are still ways to improve. Um, as many of us know, the existing vaccines need to be kept, or at least some of them, the mRNA ones like uh, the Pfizer and Moderna ones need to be kept at cold temperatures, transported at cold temperatures. And that's difficult, not just in the United States, but especially in other kinds of countries where they don't have the uh, cold chain technology that we do. So that's one of the areas of emphasis for some of these other kind of companies. And it's not just companies, it's also scientists, as you mentioned in government, but also um, academia as well, trying to create vaccines that don't need to be kept at the same cold temperatures.
2: Yeah. And we're also looking at things that could be more effective against these variants that we keep seeing popping up. So a lot of stuff there to do. And we lucked out really well, as you mentioned, with Pfizer and Moderna being kind of right out of the bat, very effective and and production started right away. But still, which I didn't know, there's 277 vaccines currently in developed in development globally, 93 of those had have entered human trials already. So we're still expecting to see a lot more in the form of varieties of, of vaccines coming out. And as I mentioned, those oral pills and nasal sprays could be coming up next, which is exciting in a way where people don't have to take the shot. If they're hesitant about those things, they have other options now.
3: Yeah, that's exactly right. There are all kinds of reasons why people are hesitant to take the vaccine. Some of them are more legitimate or based in science than others. But there is one issue that um, some people are reluctant to take a, um, a needle uh, to the arm. And even though, you know, I can tell you from personal experience, uh, it's not painful whatsoever. It's less painful than most other vaccines I've had and, and other kinds of shots. But that said, that's uh, still an issue for some people. And yeah, there are some who are working on vaccines that would just use pills, which would be a real Advantage and hopefully you'll bring some of those more reluctant to take the vaccine uh, on board. And there are all kinds of interesting other approaches. Some government scientists I've talked to are looking to mix and match. So they call it the um, tricks. I'm thinking about how kids mix and match uh, cereals sometimes. They look what's in the cupboard and they pick combinations of cereals. And some scientists call it the uh, Cocoa Puffs tricks experiment <laughs> where. They're saying, hey, maybe we'll take a j to start with and then they bring in the Moderna one or maybe vice versa or maybe like Biontech and then switch to the Moderna one. So maybe there's some combination that can we, we can improve on the efficacy. And it's also important to remember that these aren't 100 percent. Effective vaccines, they're quite effective, uh, depending on the variant, you know, 89% or even better. But there are always still ways to improve, and that's what they're experimenting on and trying to improve on.
2: And obviously, we, we still need to wait the time to for these trials to go through on all that. But, you know, one of the questions, I saw pills and nasal sprays, right? So that's, it gets kind of exciting on that front. Is that just as, as effective as a, a shot you take in the arm? Like I said, a, a pill, something that dissolves into your body, the nasal spray going through your nose Is that the same as something going in your arm?
3: There's actually an argument that it could be more effective, especially in terms of the oral formulations. There are all kinds of different nasal spray formulations that are being worked on. I think seven are actually. And yeah, there's an argument that actually that would be Even more effective because these are um, respiratory diseases, and maybe the most effective vaccine is one where it's used with a nasal spray as opposed to a, a shot. It hasn't been proved yet. Interesting technology. We don't want to get too carried away. There are a bunch of companies, not small ones, but these aren't exactly big pharma companies. So a lot of them haven't proven themselves yet. They don't have vaccines or any other kind of therapeutics out in the market, but they are interesting technologies and interesting companies working on them. So the fingers are crossed that uh, either the nasal spray formulations or the others will be effective.
2: Kind of the last question is, when would we start seeing some results from these clinical trials that are ongoing for some of these new possible vaccines? Even Walter Reed Army Institute of Research, they're looking at maybe making a coronavirus vaccine that would handle different types of coronaviruses, you know, one shot for kind of everything. You know, when can we start seeing some early data on this at least?
3: Yeah, I think later this year we'll start seeing the data and we can start getting excited or or less excited when we see that. And (laughs) we won't really see the new approaches, new formulations, be it nasal or otherwise, till next year. But it's something to look forward to. And as you just suggested, I'm really excited about the idea of one vaccine that can take care of multiple coronaviruses. And that's what um, there's a gentleman, a doctor at University of Pennsylvania, Drew Weissman, working on that and there are government and other types of scientists, too. And the concern is that this may not be, unfortunately, the last pandemic we see. And we need to be better prepared. So if you have a pan-coronavirus vaccine that can handle all kinds of coronaviruses, it's important to remember that we've had every five, 10 years, we've had a, a new outbreak. It's not always necessarily in the United States, but it's been elsewhere. We had MERS, we had SARS, we have this one, and we are worried about future ones. There's reason to think that there'll be more. These are resulting from the fact that man is encroaching on animals and in terms of where we live, and that will increasingly happen, and we fly around the world, and that spreads things increasingly. So there's reason to be concerned, and there's reason to work on preparation, and those pan-coronavirus vaccines are a way to do that.
2: That would definitely be great. I mean, even still just dealing with COVID specifically, you know, a lot of these vaccine makers have already said we need booster shots there. So it's already time to start thinking for these next generation treatments and, and vaccines as well. So good news, exciting news. So we'll see what, how all of this shakes out. Gregory Zuckerman, special writer at the Wall Street Journal. Thank you very much for joining us.
3: Of course. Great to be here.
2: I'm Oscar Ramirez, and this has been Reopening America. Don't forget that for today's big news stories, you can check me out on the Daily Dive podcast every Monday through Friday.
0: Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rapaport, And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, fam, I'm Simone Boyce. I'm Danielle Robay. And we're the hosts of The Bright Side, the podcast from Hell of Sunshine that's guaranteed to
1: light up your day